0: Welcome to
1: Trinity Radio with Dr. Braxton Hunter and Professor Jonathan Pritchett. We got Dr. Braxton Hunter, pretty talented and well-known apologist, shared the stage with the William Lane Craigs to the Mike Laconas to all those guys. Jonathan Pritchett, Dr. Pritchett is here and he is a New Testament guy, does a lot of stuff, a lot of podcasts,
0: a lot of debates, so on and so forth. You can go out of this room tonight and be a Christian apologist. Now, it may not be that you're able to give the answers, but you know, you can be immediately when we're done here tonight, you can be an answer finder for people. Welcome to Trinity Radio. I'm Braxton Hunter, and along with me is...
1: Jonathan Pritchett.
0: And today we're talking about current events, which we rarely do, so stick with us and enjoy it while it lasts. This is the first word. Angels and Demons from the book Truth Bombs. Many individuals find it difficult to accept the existence of angels and demons because it would mean accepting belief in supernatural non-human beings. After all, by nature they are spiritual entities. However, if we can demonstrate that God exists, as I've done in previous work and all over this podcast and all over BraxtonHunter.com, then we already have good reason to believe in at least one supernatural being. If we know that one supernatural being exists, then why should we conclude that others can't exist? Think of it this way. Premise 1. If at least one supernatural being has been shown to exist, then it is reasonable to believe in supernatural beings. 2. At least one supernatural being has been shown to exist. Therefore, 3. It is reasonable to believe in supernatural beings. Keep in mind, this is not a proof that angelic beings exist, but an explanation of why it is reasonable reasonable to believe that they do. So there you have it. The fact that belief in angelic and demonic forces at work in our world is so reasonable is just another reason why so many of us are understandably Christian. And now, today's topic.
1: It's not heresy, it's, come on. No, it's Harris' son. Wow! They gave us nothing but tradition and no argument. All they did was get on this stage, yell real loud, and set a straw man on fire. Okay, now, this is... I... I I was... not impressed. (laughs) I've never heard of this gentleman before, but... Yeah, go ahead. Welcome back to the main show. Because I want to spare my producer slash co-host the, the hassle of having to insert a graphic, I'm going to hold up the book, Truth Bombs, Brief Thoughts on Big Issues. In the tradition of Braxton Hunter's book, which you can buy at Amazon or wherever, um, you should get it, even though you can get 100% of the contents free if you look around some, uh, on the internet. <laughs> not, 100%, not 100%. Oh, really?
0: The reason he says that is because uh, when I was trying to get the uh, yeah. trying to develop a social media platform in a greater way... Uh, one of the things that they always tell you to do is to put together a an ebook and give that ebook away to people that sign up for a mailing list, and so I uh, I did that and I was so pleased with the way it all turned out. I just created it as a physical book too and published it, and it's a collection of my blog articles for going a long ways back, and it's divided into like different sections like evangelism, apologetics, theology. Um, stuff like that social issues uh, but not all of those blog articles that were once blog articles are still available uh, except in this book and in this book also you have uh, you know some other stuff that never was a blog article so oh, that's so, what it is yeah
1: but because it's truth bombs big thoughts on issues, brief thoughts on big issues we're gonna drop some brief thoughts on big issues so. all right we're gonna drop and some and truth has to bombs. plug his book
0: and- Okay, thank you, Dr. Pritchett. Yes. I appreciate that.
1: And if I had a book, yes, I could plug my book. I hear it every day. Yes, got it.
0: So before we get into that, let me just say um, that I we did not have an episode of Trinity Radio last week, and the reason for that, we rarely, if you'll notice, since the beginning of Season eight, I think. Probably. We have we have almost never missed an episode during a season of 22 episodes. But you were
1: literally on your deathbed.
0: I went to uh, Terre Haute, Indiana, uh, to, and Marshall, Illinois, to do a series of events. One was a Right to Life event. And then two days later, I was going to be doing a men's conference at Marshall Baptist Church with Paul Cooper.
1: So not on your deathbed.
0: And then the next day, I was going to speak in his morning service. Uh, the problem but you is, did all of that I did all of it now this this time of the year almost every year I get sick yeah. uh, and it's not always the same thing. Three years ago it was gallbladder attack. Two years ago it was um, uh, adult chicken pox, which is what I'm convinced Job had in the book of Job um, and then l- last year I had I think I just got sick with this the same thing that I got sick with this year and this year I had the flu and I got the flu while I was there and I lose my voice pretty easily. Uh, my voice has been tortured for about 20 years of public speaking, and so as a result of that, I can lose it pretty easily. Not usually just speaking, but if I have a cold or something on a, in addition to it. So the Right to Life thing, I made it through. That went great. The next day, I thought i have a full day to recover, but I was talking to Paul Cooper all day, which wore my voice down. And then the <laughs> next day, uh, for the men's conference, it was rough, and on Sunday morning, it was really rough. So it was a nightmare. Now,
1: I remember that you were not sick, but you had taught an eight hour day deal, mm-hmm. and then you had to go do a week long revival. Or was it a weekend? I no, it was a
0: weekend. Yeah, Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday morning. Yeah, Same kind of thing.
1: Yeah, and and by Sunday morning, you were hoarse.
0: I, I was sick, and I'd done an eight-hour yeah. lecture, like you said.
1: Yeah, you were sick? I don't remember you I think sick. I, was,
0: I think I was sick. I can't imagine how I would have lost my voice unless I was sick a little bit. Because
1: you talk too much.
0: Yeah, but it, but it's these times of the year where the seasons are changing, and that was toward the end of the summer. Same kind of thing. Yeah. Whenever the seasons change, I have trouble. You can may still hear it. You may hear me cough during this episode, but that's what's going on. Yeah. So, uh, let's talk about some stuff. Let's begin with sex offenders in the SBC.
1: Ah, horrible story. Uh, Yeah, that's why
0: I want to get it out of the
1: way. Yeah, let's start on a downer. Okay, yeah, that's uh, the Houston Chronicle released uh, this past Sunday um, an expose, an investigative report on the past 20 years, I think, uh, since probably since 1998 uh, mm-hmm. uh, but they did focus much of it on the past 10 years since 2008 uh, when there started to be calls within the convention uh, for things like a, a centralized database uh, they call victims wanted more resolutions so they to speaking out and things like that uh, many efforts in the SBC to listen to the victims to to uh, hear their stories to do things about um, proper prevention and training and all of that. Mm-hmm. You know, the convention can only do so much because uh, of the way that the churches are associated uh, mm-hmm. as all autonomous. But there are certain things that they can't do at the national level to influence the direction of the convention. If yeah. They have no influence, and they're wasting their time every year having an annual meeting. So don't call yourself Southern Baptist if you're not going to Well, now it. let's talk about that. But but, but because of that, the, the, the Houston Chronicle decided to give voice to all of these, uh, or to some of the victims. Not, a lot of what they had, some of it I had not heard before, uh, a lot of what they had was stuff that you could find already.
0: Um, so wait a minute. what they turned out was 220 cases. Uh,
1: yeah, most of it centralized in Texas, of course, since they're in there, but they right. wanted to do enough to, uh, of a spattering of uh, So how many other did they, how many did
0: they research? What was the research pool?
1: Um, well, they, they turned up 700 uh, victims of sexual abuse okay. out of 220 people that either had a conviction uh, or a civil suit settlement out of court that they had mm-hmm. you know done inappropriate things uh, registered as a sex offender and stuff. So they, they, I thought it was very responsible that they didn't do, were you accused of something? Right. That's nice. You know? Um, but they, they focused, the majority of of the cases were in Texas, but they did have other states that they included. And so it was comprehensive. It was not exhaustive. You can actually go to the Houston Chronicle website. And if you know of any sort of, uh, cases that Meet that standard. Have been convicted of it. Are registered sex offenders. Oh, really? You know, yeah. Well, and here we add, go. Add to the list. Yeah, yeah that now, list
0: is going to grow. I would say.
1: I, God forbid, it grows. Yeah. Well, uh, it's it will. Well, if it, but again, they're not going to put you on the list if if it's
0: just because someone accuses you, right?
1: It's got to be yeah. credible because there was a settlement or a plea bargain. There got to be some evidence that this really happened, right? And okay. that's that's the thing. Part of the problem, and their second part, part of the problem was they said that a lot of these cases go unreported. And that's true. Nationally. And so that's probably true also. Now, here's the thing. You you can't, there's no, you don't know what to make of that. Yeah. Uh, But uh, just the fact that you can, you, you have a high uh, likelihood or probability that there are more,
0: you know. Okay. So here's my thing on this. First of all, if there's one, that's too many. It doesn't matter how many cases exactly. It's good to know those numbers, to know how widespread and what we need to right. where we need to focus. Um, but if there's one, that's too many, right? So th- so this is horrible no matter how you want to dice it. So if you want, someone wants to say, well, you know, actually that number is pretty low considering the fact that we've got 47,000 churches or whatever, and, right. uh, you know, maybe uh, over 100,000 staff members or whatever, it's probably more than that. Um, but the fact of the matter is it's still a problem if you have one. Yeah. Now to the point. Now here's the thing. Here's and, what we,
1: and, and I will say this comparison to the to the to the Catholic scandal, for example. Yeah, Catholic scandals. You have that they, they, you see these numbers in four thousand and, and whatever. Those are allegations. Yeah. What well, they stayed away from allegations. If you open that up to allegations, that two hundred twenty is going to become right, 220, right, right. 2,200. And, and we
0: understand that. You know, so yeah. So now here, here's the thing about this. First of all, let me say what I think should should definitely be done. Okay, number one, the SBC does need to issue a statement at their next annual convention meeting, and they need to apologize. Uh, for this, and they need to uh, uh, make a commitment, or whatever they do, you know, a uh, resolution going forward that we're against this, and we're uh, all the things that shouldn't need to be said, but because this happened, now you got to say them, right? We need to do all those things. Uh, Greer needs to uh, formulate a task force, which, he, which to, he did. Okay,
1: he did at the last year's meeting because he was trying to get. He was getting ahead of this. Well, yeah, he under. I think he knew that because of the way the culture was going with mm-hmm. the Me Too movement and all that. Now, people can say, oh, you're just getting caught up in secular Me Too. No, yeah. this is a real thing, and yeah. Houston just shined a big s- now, spotlight yeah, on it. Yeah, but here's the thing. But I think he was if trying you, to get if ahead you, of it if because you, he wanted but to. If you're, but if you're always
0: going to say like you always say, when I always ask you why are you so fixated on the Southern Baptist Convention, and we have a lot of listeners that think that all you want to do is trash the SBC, if you're really going to say that the SBC is the bellwether, for all these other evangelical uh, denominations. Adrian
1: Rogers said that. Okay, it, <laughs> he said it. Adrian, now if he Adrian said it, Rogers but you echo it, I right. believe it. That settles it. Is that right? true? What, that Adrian he believed Rogers in eternal security. <laughs> Do you believe that? <laughs> no. Okay, also, so
0: <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. But he said it, and you echoed it, all right? Yeah, and I And that with settles you. it. So, if that's the case, then this isn't just an SBC problem. This is an evangelical oh, problem. The, the, the,
1: well, beyond that, it's, uh, there was an expose, kind of an investigative report on the, in the fundamentalist Baptist movement—that's oh, yeah. equally horrible. Yeah, uh, all kinds of crazy stuff going on uh, w- <clears throat> with them on this issue as well. And right. I, uh, uh, now, a lot of uh, now, I, I could you just make a blanket statement? You find it in every denomination. Sure, how yeah. widespread of it is? Well, a lot of denominations aren't even that
0: big. Another thing that needs to happen is um, local DOMs. Uh, for those that don't know the SBC language, a director of missions the is a yeah. It's like the association. So, it, it, at least in most places, still different little regions, like little counties or whatever in a particular mm-hmm. state, will have uh, an association of churches. There might be twenty-five churches. There might be a hundred churches. But there's right. a DOM director of missions who is responsible for that. Why is he called director? of missions, aha, very interesting. Come back to that point in a minute because it affects this whole thing. But uh, the director of missions uh, needs to be given. This is one of the things that they do. They are given resources or they're to locate resources that can be helpful to the churches that are in their association. Now, they're not like a presbyter where or whatever where they get to oversee right. those churches, but they can provide resources, and often they provide you know, seminary classes on site or whatever. What we need to do, what the SBC needs to do, is the SBC needs to make sure that each of those DOMs gets it in some annual conference or something, or some internet conference or whatever. Or
1: a state convention.
0: And, yeah, yeah, that'd be good. And, because they're all going to go to that. And then they're also going to have going to need to uh, try to get those pastors to pay attention to this and maybe present it to their staff. Yeah,
1: well, a couple things about that. Number one, to all the DOMs out there, I know that you have one of the most thankless jobs in the Southern Baptist Convention, and I salute you because I know that you guys... Uh, many of you guys probably, I know somebody's going to say, "Well, then my deal not do nothing." But for the most part, is a thankless job, and they do a lot of work for a lot of churches. Yeah, so I want to say sure. that I appreciate directors of missions. They're stretched too thin. They don't have the money to do, a lot of times to do the things that need to be done for this kind of mm-hmm. thing, and they don't get a lot of support. Yeah, uh, you've you've been to Southern Baptist pastor. I've been a Southern Baptist pastor. You know when the director of missions wants to get the association pastors together for a lunch. Uh, at a devotional and all of that kind of thing. Uh, most of the pastors don't even show up for that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, and then what he's got to—and so, yeah.
0: I thought this was a problem in my— this was—my I, I, association in McMinnville, Tennessee, when yeah. I was pastor there, um, I, I thought this—you know, there was occasionally what it would become is— that whoever didn't show up that week, a couple of other guys are going to want to talk about that guy. Now that wasn't now that wasn't like a big. I thought that was everywhere. I found out that's not really everywhere. That was a couple of boneheads that we particularly had, and not all the guys were that way. Right. So one of the things the DOM has to do is to ma- you know handle all that kind of thing too. Yeah. Uh, but
1: now, other Baptist traditions have associations too, and I think uh, other denominations have. They have do,
0: it. but I'm just using so, the language of. Right. And why is it called direct remissions? Now let me let me pivot here and say so. What you've heard, what you've just heard is my telling you this is awful. As a lifelong Southern Baptist, this is an awful thing. I think we need to do something about it. We don't even need to worry about what's going on in other denominations. If it's going on in our denomination, it's bad enough. We, we need to fix it, right? That's yeah. All those things are true. I think this is awful. I'm not trying to stick up for anybody just because it's my denomination. Having said that, we need to point out some relevant differences between the Catholic situation and a situation with something like the SBC. And we need to point out in response to what you said a while ago about, uh, well, if the the, uh, convention leadership doesn't have any pull, then why do we have a convention? Aha, why do we have a convention? And why is this person called the director of missions? Yeah. Is because the SBC historically was organized for the purposes of cooperating missionally to reach people in North America and around the world. Right. That's the point. The point was not let's get together so that we can, uh, you know, oversee each other in some, you know, integrated way, or to uh, the, the convention leadership gets to decide who your pastor is, or even gets to really poke their nose around very much. The whole point was let's cooperate in missions. And that's why the SBC came to exist. It's also why it is such a big tent, and you can have like various views on soteriology, various views on the end times, various views on certain social issues. And the reason is because the point was not anything other than a simplistic doctrinal statement, and let's dump all our work.
1: money into this so that we can do missions like. And this. what has
0: that done? That has made the Southern Baptist Convention one of the most powerful, Here if not the, the, the most, if not the most powerful evangelistic movement worldwide that, that has ever existed. Year, but anyway. It may shrink every year, but still, that's where it, uh, what it got it to where it was. Is, uh,
1: just, now, wait. We need what, to have a show well, on now, whether hold on. or not that's effective missions but, but, or not. But hold, but hold on a second.
0: But hold on a second. But hold on a second. So what does that missions, mean? Right. So what does that mean for this current issue? Yeah. It means that can Joe Southern Baptist out here, who's, who's just a, a search committee member, a search mm-hmm. committee being a group that looks for a new pastor okay a search committee member he's he's 65 let's paint a picture he's 65 he owns a local business he's gone to church all his life loves his wife pays his taxes kind of you know knows the bible fairly well but he's not a you know like a new testament scholar or anything mm-hmm. okay now joe southern baptist can he be proud to to be involved in this convention if he never goes to the annual meeting and he doesn't even watch it online yes he can you know why because Ten cents out of every dollar, depending on how the church dishes that out, is going to go to these missions organizations. Isn't
1: it a thing that like that should be the standard? But like they always find out that the everyone who becomes president or second vice president or whatever, their church always gives way less. Well, I can't. And and then there's always a group of Southern Baptists who point out how little they give to the cooperative program. Isn't that always a stink? Well, I can't. I
0: can't speak to that, and I can't speak to. What is actually done with those funds? But I know that they're funding Nam and IMB somehow. Okay, yeah. so so then so that so that so he can be proud of that. Now, does he? Does Joe Search Committee member, the guy we just painted you a picture of, who if he knew about a sex offender, he would go punch him in the face? Okay, yeah. Does, is that guy? <laughs> that's was, is that,
1: <laughs> That's exactly what he would do?
0: He'd get is them, come that boy, guy? I mean,
1: they don't they don't call the police. They get a bat.
0: So is that guy? You know, Personally responsible in Arkansas for really. these cases yeah. of sex offenders in the SBC merely because he's a member of a Southern Baptist church. No, okay, he's not, and here's why: it, because there is no direct line of transmission. Like if 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 some pastor say, uh, you know, is some sex offender does does something inappropriate, and then and then he goes to this new church, and Joe's search member doesn't do a background check. Now, that's his problem. That's where he yeah. messed up. But now this guy's in there, and, and, and now he's the pastor, and they don't know anything about it, and that church where he was before where that happened, they never reported it. Right. It never got out. Okay, now, how is that Joe, search member's fault? And worse, how is that the Southern Baptist Convention's leadership's fault if they have no way to know that?
1: Yeah, uh, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Not the point. Here's the point.
0: Oh, that's my point.
1: Okay. That, that he has no personal blame.
0: Well, no, the point, no, if the point is yeah. the SBC, including all of its leadership down to the grassroots level, is at fault or shares some blame because they're a part of this organization, I, I get that we, we should make a statement or something to that effect because that's the appropriate thing to do. But honestly, how is Joe's search member?
1: Right. No, How nobody, is it his no, fault? No, nobody's saying that, this, that, that, little, that there was sex abuse in churches across, therefore Joe's uh, right. Joe search committee is to bl- blame Joe's not to blame. H- here's where you can blame him. If his attitude is, not my church, so not my problem. Well, yeah, but you're, you're he making he assumptions about Joe's search. No, I know. <laughs> no, I'm saying if he were to say that, not my, that wasn't at my church, so mm-hmm. that's not my problem. If he was to say that, well, he participates in the church that sends messengers to the thing where they do things like pass resolution and form task force to investigate how to implement tools through the various things the cooperative program pays for, whether it's the seminaries or the state conventions or other things that can prepare for preventative measures and training and better uh, instruction on how to handle these sorts of things when they come up in the local church. And he says, no, I don't want to do anything about that. Or the uh, leadership of the uh, resolutions committee at the annual meeting says, we're going to keep Throwing these resolutions. Bart Barber, uh, who is a trustee at Southern uh, Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, mm-hmm. just posted a resolution that he submitted as recent as 2016 uh, on doing something about this and apologizing to victims and not paying attention to the victims, trying to leave it to the watchdog people as if being insensitive and we don't want to listen yeah. to your stories. Now, if If Joe's search committee continues to send messengers who continue to to share in the out-of-sight, out-of-mind mentality, yes, there is a sense in which...
0: Yeah, but all you're saying now is if someone is directly involved and they're not acting right, then they're to blame. Yeah, I agree. But yeah. the point is, what about the people that are Southern Baptist yeah. but don't have any knowledge of something? How, okay, and then right,
1: but, if you don't, have, if you don't know, but, and, but but you can blame the leadership for him not knowing because they have tried to.
0: Okay, now if someone's covered, mind, if something. Yeah. Okay, now see, now here's not right.
1: I'm talking about covering up local okay. case. I'm talking about the denomination saying we don't want to bring. We don't this want to, to deal with floor. it. Okay, right.
0: But here's another thing. Here's another thing an important difference, and then I'm going to move on to something else. Because honestly, it doesn't matter. So honestly, <laughs> it doesn't thoughts. Honestly, it doesn't matter who's to blame. We shouldn't be worrying so much about who's to blame yeah. except to take action to resolve the right. problem. We need to be worrying about how to resolve the problem, okay? Yeah. And I'm focusing right now on the blame issue because I know that's what's on everyone's mind. It's not really what matters <laughs> most. I don't care. You know, I, I've been in Southern Baptist churches all my life, yeah. but if Southern Baptist Church suddenly didn't exist anymore— it's going to almost affect my life none, okay, except that those are usually the people that mostly have me come speak. Okay, but I appreciate it. I appreciate it for what it is, and I'm a lifelong Southern Baptist. But now, here's the thing that is a difference between the Catholic situation and the SBC situation. One of those problems, one of the differences is the SBC and a lot of other evangelical denominations, as you mentioned in passing a while ago, is they are they have church autonomy. Yeah. Now, people that listen to our show from other denominations may not be aware of this, but there isn't like some like the director of missions, as we referred to. That's he has doesn't no have authority. no he has no authority. He can't tell a church what to do. Right. The convention can't tell a church what to do. The most can, the convention can do, as far as I'm aware, is say we we're going to not consider you a part of the Southern Baptist Convention on paper anymore. Right. That's which, I mean that's which they've
1: never done. In which we country, and man. we
0: even can't make you take the name on your church off your sign or yeah. something. So, so
1: actually, I actually I think you can, they can if you're identifying as Southern Baptist Church after you've been in this fellowship. Okay, but if you, I want to say my cooperation my name, means mm-hmm. that you get rights to certain emblems and, and trademarked logos and things like that. Yeah, okay, that,
0: that's, that's fine. There, you right? can take the little cross with the globe and the right, Bible. Exactly. But here's the thing: if I say my name and my church is Marshall Baptist Church, oh, Baptist. Yeah. Okay, well that's f- fair game because Baptist mm-hmm. is just a. Historic Christian term, right? Because not all right? Baptist churches are
1: even. Southern That's right.
0: Western. So, so th- there's almost nothing they can do. Right. So, if you have this opinion, but in the Catholic Church, on the other hand, if something happens, there is a direct line straight to the Vatican. I'm not. I don't know about direct line, but there is a line
1: the all the command. way up
0: the chain yeah. of command within your region, then yeah. to the nation, then to yeah. the Rome. And, and, you know?
1: Yeah. And and and. The fact that they actually shelter these people who are fleeing yeah. prosecution and participating in the cover-ups and and all—I mean, it's it's horrible. What it's not even—I mean, JD Greer's not hiding sex offenders right and here's the thing joe search member
0: who you said you agree if he was from arkansas it's not because he's from arkansas they're that way in florida they're that way in tennessee (laughs) they're that way everywhere all right joe search member who we're talking about he said yeah he'd go want to punch that sex offender in the face because he's got a daughter and he wouldn't want that you know that whole thing okay so guess what i got news for you that's the typical southern baptist mentality that's not just joe search member that's most not that they're wanting to hurt people physically, <laughs> punch them in the face, but the idea that that we're well, not you putting up with have a daughter. This. I have a daughter. Somebody yeah. ever?
1: It would. It would be literally nothing could prevent you from punching that. That's guy right. Or so, worse. Yeah. So. You know? So. But, I, I would,
0: so yeah, that's yeah. that. Now, but here's the. But now we we'll get to the real matter. How do you resolve this? Now, I've already said, do your apology, do your resolution. That should be done. That's important, and it helps the families. Yeah. Honestly, is what it mostly does with you know, something got done. Yeah, I mean, this is what, okay.
1: well, that, and this is what Scott McKnight said. You know, Scott McKnight is uh, not a Southern Baptist, but his response to was he, he started talking about the leaders like Greer and Russell Moore and others who were speaking about it. He's like, yeah, that's fine. Uh, do your resolutions. That's fine. Do all that stuff. But what you really need to be doing is listening to the victims. Just yeah. listen to them. Let them go ahead and air this out <clears throat> and, uh, you know, Focus on taking care of them. Listen, mm-hmm. all this other stuff about what we can do and what you and I agree they should do—resolutions and preventative measures, that. And training, task and all force, this stuff.
0: DOM should have a resource, right? Right.
1: All of that, but but start taking care of the victims.
0: Because here's the thing: this can make a difference. Yeah. For example, uh, in uh, in the 1980s, when the things happened with Jimmy Swaggart and all that—not yeah. not Southern Baptist, but still, when that happened, uh, what became the the uh, megaphone blasting message of churches and denominations everywhere was uh accountability, 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 right. accountability. You should never be alone with a woman. You should have a window on the door yeah. to your office the Billy you Graham Mike the,
1: Pence rule, Yeah, yeah. The,
0: all that stuff came blaring out. You know what? I think that had an impact.
1: I do too. And now thirty years later they make fun of it. Yeah. The secular media is making fun of the Mike, what they call the Mike Pence used to be the Billy Graham. Rule. They make yeah. fun of that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh No, there's actually um very good reasons for, for following right. that. You know, I, I'm like, you know, you never get accused of anything, you never leave the house. But since other right. people think being social is one thing and all that stuff, if that's you, you can still do things like don't be alone with someone of the opposite sex. Right. So that did
0: make a difference. And so I think that the Me Too movement is making a difference that has positive aspects to it. And so there are goods that come out of that. Do people abuse and manipulate that message? Of course they do on both sides. But here's the thing: so with this, this can have positive impact right. if we blow this thing out the door and we and we we send yeah. it out. And and maybe we should do that for the next ten years. Right. I and, don't know.
1: And I do agree with Scott McKnight. <coughs> take care of the victims. They've 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 been marginalized at least as far as getting the attention of. Of the leaders, because whether or not church autonomy is a thing, when you're trying to get people at national level their attention, they should have got it, mm-hmm. and that they didn't, and that they've acknowledged that they've kind of not addressed this and not given them voice, because like one one victim stood on the floor uh, of the convention last year and and tried to 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 be heard on this. So mm-hmm. I I think I think McKnight's right. Let them have their say. Let them talk.
0: Yeah. Here's a simple policy for yeah. life. If someone gets sexually abused, they get to talk about it yeah. if they want to. Right. They don't have to. But if they want to stand up and say, uh, we need to do something about this, they yeah. get to do that because they got sexually assaulted. Right. Uh, okay, now here's the thing, though. What, what – is actually so we need to do all those things because those are are good for the situation you know we need to help try to do what we can but with a with church autonomy what can practically make a difference really besides the message getting out there what i'm saying is what can we do at the national level at the local level what can the sbc leadership do that can actually help solve this problem now we now i do think it can actually help to put the message out there, and start beating it into the minds of people. Right, that, That's awareness, important. Awareness, that can, awareness goes a awareness long way. But if we're going to hold them responsible,
1: which I'm all for. Well, you hold the local churches responsible. Okay. I think our friend Paul Cooper made a good mm-hmm. point. He said if you're going to disfellowship a, a church cause, uh, wrongly because they the autonomy of the local church hired a woman pastor— uh, Okay, you can disfellowship a church who covers for sex offenders. Not, 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 merely, not merely didn't know, but some of these churches that they exposed, the people knew about it and tried to sweep it under the rug. Uh, you could disfellowship those churches. Uh, sometimes they rightly disfellowship uh, churches when they uh, have uh, LGBT uh, pastors or perform those ceremonies, but rightly do that. Uh, for, for some reason, though, not a lot of churches. There was a church in Mississippi uh back in 2014 i think um where the pastor refused to uh perform a, a ceremony for african americans a wedding ceremony oh shoot yeah and um crystal falls baptist church was the name of it. i remember the story well uh and i thought that uh, sadly the the church like did the right thing uh, that pastor's no longer there anymore by the way but uh for churches that have, are obviously racist like that and they don't repent now this church repented uh, and they got a new pastor and, mm-hmm. and all of that so mm-hmm. they did everything right because they didn't even know that it was it was a small group that pressured the pastor into doing the wrong thing okay uh, the church has moved on since then so I'm not here to pile on but for churches that don't move on you, you got to disfellowship from them. so disfellowship fellowship it may not make the national news but it'll you know how these associations work it'll make the local news they threw them out of the southern baptist convention because of this now uh, disfellowshipping churches is one thing that they can do if churches are involved in this sort of thing and they're they they do not repent now if they repent and you know sometimes you have to change over leadership uh in, in order for that to happen uh, then you don't necessarily have to disfellowship the whole church because again the person in the pew that would Go punch the pastor in the face. And found out they were covering up that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, he's you don't blame him. Yeah, uh, but but I think the DMs uh, can raise awareness. They can actually be funded properly to teach people how to do prevention, how to do.
0: And they can't force people to attend those meetings. They
1: they can't. But there is a there is a sense <laughs> that that um, if it's a hot button issue. Okay, here we people go. Show up. You're
0: the S- you're the president of the SBC for a year. You, okay. Jonathan Pritchett. Okay. That'd be fantastic. <laughs> what are you gonna do to resolve this problem? You're you're gonna do the task force thing. You're gonna you're gonna have the resolution you're gonna arrange for somebody to bring the resolution, you're gonna do all that, you're gonna you're gonna do you're gonna have Lifeway Research or somebody do all kinds of studies on this, which right. they probably already are, yeah. and, and you can do all those things. Now, someone's saying, Yeah, you're not doing enough. This is your denomination and this is happening on your watch. Why haven't you f- made this stop? What's your
1: response? My response would be, um, I I would like for the Southern Baptist Convention to move away from the idea of local church autonomy because it's not biblical. (laughs) But since that's what they do anyway, and churches can just willy-nilly do whatever they feel like it, uh, until you get enough Southern Baptists to agree with me that while they should be autonomous enough to hire their own pastors and make their own doctrinal statements, they are accountable to the DOMs who are accountable to the state conventions, who are accountable to the national conventions. Okay. But if so, you don't want to become so now, hold on, hold on. Of government, I like I like this. I can't help I, you. I like
0: this. I'm impressed because yeah. frankly, even though I disagree and I think church autonomy is a good thing, I I respect denominations that don't operate that way. I no, don't I think, think Episcopal I don't think it's the I, forms are way better. Okay, okay, okay. I don't think it's the be all end all which way you go on that. So yeah. Uh, because ultimately these are people in an organization people are going to do what people are going to do uh, but i appreciate those forms but even though i disagree with you i did not expect that as the response yeah. because frankly that is the most direct possibly you know could could actually answer the problem Better is mm-hmm. if you had an organization like the SBC who says we're we're going to oversee this whole thing. Yeah. We're going to be poking our nose into your church, and we can tell you what to do. Right. And we and we can not only kick you out, but but do worse. You know, we can like we'll maybe bring the legal action if we have to or right. whatever. You know that that. This that, is it, but it you, may be a, you, can't, yeah. you
1: can't do that in the SBC. No, thank what God, but, that, but that's that, one answer. There are people answer. saying that there is a movement that, because I said that out loud, somebody mm-hmm. that, because I actually agree with that, that you sh- maybe, you know, if you're not going to be an independent, non-denominational church, then if you're going to be in a denomination, have a real one. Okay, not like the Southern Baptist Convention. Have a top-down kind of Episcopalian or Presbyterian type system. I don't know why only. that means that's okay, But real. some people believe that, the Southern Baptist. This was a conspiracy. I've heard this on the internet that either this is a conspiracy or this is an opportunity uh, for people in the Southern Baptist uh, intelligentsia or whatever they call it to, to to introduce more Presbyterianism into the SBC, like they've already been doing. I've read people say they're going to use this to diminish local church autonomy. And some of you have said <laughs> it's a conspiracy. To get rid of, I mean, the, we gotta we
0: gotta worry yeah. about what Facebook groups you're in, and maybe get you out. This of This is them. not
1: Facebook groups. This is my Facebook feed, and you know who my friends are. You can okay. see. I don't hide who all my but, but here, friends are. But but here here's are. the thing. I don't just you don't just see my mutual friends. You get to see all of my friends, so you can see the crazy yeah. in my face. So
0: group. the so the, the I don't I, you totally derailed my train of thought there. Well, it's but, true. The, <laughs> that people who
1: are saying this. So, but the, the, there are professors at, at, at Southern Baptist, not any of the uh, formal seminaries, but there are professors who have said, "You watch, they're going to use this to get rid of autonomy because those oh, I know what going Calvinists so, are really Presbyterians so, in, in disguise." Blah blah blah.
0: Well, uh, let's see if the predictions come out. <laughs> but here, but here's the thing: it's like I tell my daughter, there are good and bad people in every in everywhere. Yes. You know. It's so. This is why I've got a problem with the very concept. Why you can't
1: leave the house, kids. This
0: this is why I've got a problem with the very concept that there's something uniquely evil about the SBC that this is happening. I don't think there's something uniquely evil going on within these Catholic churches. I think the structure and the qualifications for the priesthood and things like this can all be part of the problem. Uh, But but here's the thing.
1: Well, Russell Moore disagrees with you. He says, don't blame this celibacy law for the priesthood. Well, I didn't specifically
0: mention any particular thing. That's for people to draw their own conclusions. Uh, all I'm saying is, and it shouldn't be a surprise that I disagree with the ecclesiology of the K- Roman Catholic Church. Is that a big surprise? <laughs> I didn't think it really? would be. Really? So, so you the, don't think
1: of having a the, pope is wonderful?
0: But, but, but the thing if is, if you were
1: pope, you'd like to there, be pope. There
0: are no, I would be terrified to be pope. You'd be a terrible uh, pope. I'd be
1: like, get out of my. No, office. No, I
0: would <laughs> do with the Catholic Church what you were going to do with the Southern Baptist Convention. I would fundamentally change everything about it if I could, which they don't have that power anyway. Yeah. But, the, but the thing is. Um, There are good and bad people in the Catholic Church. There are good and bad from a human perspective, okay? We're not talking depravity here and whatever's going into that. We're talking about from a human perspective, there are good and bad priests. That help little old ladies across the street and stuff. Yeah. There are good and bad auto mechanics. There are good and bad lawyers and yeah. doctors and football players. And guess what? There are good and bad preachers of a variety of de- of evangelical Protestant whatever denominations. Yeah. There are a variety. There are good and bad everywhere. So this whole thing of we can now point to that group. Now, are there groups where you're going to find more a higher concentration of horrible people? Obviously, there are white supremacist groups, right? <laughs> right. I mean, there are going to be groups. The Westboro Baptist Church exists, right? Yeah. There are going to be groups where there's a higher uh, 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 you know, percentage of those kind of people. But when we're talking about Christian evangelical denominations that aren't crazy, you're, you're going to find good and bad. The question becomes, how do you deal with the bad yeah. and keep what's good about the uh, what you're doing? Yeah. And that's that's tough. Yeah. Well, so let's move on to a couple of other qu- yeah. topics really quick.
1: Okay. I, so somebody posted in Trinity a a video where uh, one of the uh, hater blogs said this is horrible.
0: Haters of us?
1: No, haters of everybody. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, and and. Uh, it was a one of those just they call them discernment, but I call them hater blogs cause, oh, okay. because for every one good article they have, they have twenty filler ones of stupid. Okay, you know it's you. It's like you said once, if you were really a watchdog, you would bring up the big ticket items. You don't have something to say every day. You don't have five articles a day. A lot of it's nothing, mm-hmm. and you ruin your mm-hmm. credibility on the big important ones by doing all the stupid ones. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Do you still agree with yourself? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: <coughs> Oh, I said that? Yeah.
1: Oh, fantastic. Yeah, that's what you said. You said they don't have that much. What they're doing is they're grasping at straws with a lot of stupid stuff to continue to fill uh, pages or you know blog articles. But, yeah. yeah. And it diminishes the – and I agree with you. Mm-hmm. You did say that. Um, so every now and then these hater blogs will get something right, but they get so much just just nonsense. One of the nonsense things that came across was a picture. I mean, uh, was a little video clip that probably someone took of their phone of JD Greer doing a, a karaoke of a Mariah, uh, not Mariah, uh, Whitney Houston song. Oh yeah. Okay, and this is your president of the SBC. The SBC is going into the commode because of this.
0: I didn't actually watch the video. Yeah. But I saw the screen capture. And of then the kinda...
1: comments are like, "Yes, this is proof of liberalism." You've been a pastor. I've been mm-hmm. a youth pastor. Doesn't matter that you're the president of the SBC. Presidents of the SBC have historically been pastors. He's not in his 70s, okay? Yeah. J.D. Greer. Yeah. Okay. Is it okay for a pastor to get together? This wasn't a church service, I don't think. It doesn't look like it was a church service uh, because I've seen his the background when he preaches, and that's not it. It just looked like they were in a fellowship hall or something, probably. Yeah. Okay, if you're a pastor... Uh, doesn't matter the size of your church. You want to have some fun. People are doing karaoke of goofy songs that are not explicitly racy or anything, you know. He just wants to dance with somebody, you know. Uh, is it okay for a preacher to get up there and participate in the karaoke thing and do goofy little white guy dances and try to sing a, a Whitney Houston song?
0: Well, was he doing like a full dance or was it like a couple of seconds of him being goofy?
1: Uh, I think he was probably maintaining his goofiness throughout the entire. But event. it
0: wasn't like I'm actually trying to dance, like I'm in a nightclub here. It was I'm being goofy. Uh,
1: given, uh, I would think that he was actually probably trying, and that's what trying looks like. I don't really. Think, he, he may be a better dancer than that, but if not, I can dance way better than J.D. Greer. If that's his, well, his I
0: can't name. really comment on that yet because I've seen the video. You can't dance better than that because I, yeah, I would you not. Don't dance. You I don't stand, try to you, dance. Yeah, right. You, you might get a head nod. <laughs> Yeah, I'll nod my head. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's I, it. Don't, I don't But guess. if
1: you, but I mean, whether he was trying to be funny or, or trying to be, whatever, obviously he was trying to be funny because you hear when he, when he starts singing or what it sounds like him singing, because it's certainly worse than Whitney Houston, what I heard on, you know, uh, goofy stuff like that. Pastors get dunked in dunking booths, you know. Okay, now I can't speak Youth to pastors the. Pastors get, get pies in the face. Yeah. I mean, is this I
0: can't speak to him with that because I haven't seen that. If it's just him being goofy, then leave it alone. What who cares? Well, yeah. Yeah,
1: but he's the president of the SBC. Okay.
0: Okay. What what does that mean?
1: Right. Why is this a No, thing? I mean, it's meaningful
0: to be the president of the SBC. That's not my point. My point is,
1: how does it follow that don't do karaoke You can't be with a person now. Right.
0: Yeah, I don't know what that happened with that. I haven't seen that, so I can't comment on it. But what I will say is in general, Doing goofy things. See, whenever I, and I was 23 years old when I went to my second church in McMinnville, Tennessee, and when I went there, they did this night where, like, there was probably 100 people in this fellowship hall asking me questions, and just they could ask me anything they wanted to. And one of the, and, and I don't remember what, what got brought up, uh, but I said something like, I don't see the the problem with learning the Bible, being discipled, and at the same time enjoying yourself, having a good time with the family of God. I don't see the problem there. And so, like my dad, when he pastored, he he did things like tell everybody, "I'm going to jump off of an 80 foot pole into a, a little Walmart, uh, you know, plastic pool if you get ever so many people to come to church." this Sunday, and then he did. He just, the pole was laid down on the grass, you know, like laid down. So he jumped off of it into the pool, you know, stuff like that. Is that goofy? Yeah. Would I do that particular thing like now? Probably not, But but who cares? The point is you're doing something goofy with the family of God that as a family, we're enjoying ourselves, and it's getting people there to the church.
1: Yes, but the great men of the history of faith, <clears throat> you know, John Calvin wouldn't sit at a dunking booth. John more MacArthur reason would, more reason to do it right I mean I'm just saying that's that's the thing these <laughs> serious men of God don't have fun apparently.
0: Um, that is absurd.
1: That is absurd. I don't, I've never understood. Let's be joyless. Uh,
0: what you mean, all you mean to say there is you don't, you don't have the internet history of John Calvin. You don't have the internet history of John Wesley. You can't look at what they posted or what videos showed up of them. <laughs> right. All you get is their theological writings. Okay, read my theological writings and you'll think I'm one of those men of history who doesn't ever have a life. But if you saw Trinity Radio, you'd see, no, we mm. joke around all the time.
1: Right. Yeah. I, I, I don't get that. Is there, but, the now learning. there should
0: be there should be a level of decorum uh, in in official matters. Sometimes you know if, if that pastor was conducting church discipline, or uh, he's come to a moment in the sermon where it's it's really you know it's it's important. We're talking about heaven and hell and uh, the resurrection and all these yeah. kind of things. Or it's uh, the assembly of the SBC and somebody just brought they want to do a resolution on sex offenders in the SBC. Okay, mm-hmm. don't be shaking your you know, tail around with that, you know, don't, don't be acting goofy, but guess what? No one would. Right. Okay. There is, there is a level of decorum. And I do think like there are certain people that don't even like when you and I kind of raz each other on here. And the reason is because they, they think we should, we should uphold each other's, you know, Dignity. dignity and stuff. And I think there's something to be said for that. But at the same time, I also think there's something to be said for, occasionally I'm a real person and we want to be yeah. genuine if and If you real watch
1: real. our lectures in our classrooms, which is also a video, mm-hmm. we're, I mean, we're... St-
0: There's not much joking around.
1: Yeah, we're m- pretty stuffy. That doesn't
0: mean they're boring.
1: Well, some of them. Mine aren't. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about his. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. No, but I mean, there is a time and play In general, just big principle here. Can pastors and youth pastors... Have fun with their church members. Yes. Yes. Is is uh is there a line there though? You think? Of course,
0: there's a line. Yes. What yeah. is that line? Uh, number one, if it, how frequently you're doing it, like there should be, you should still have carry a sense of authority. Yeah. You should still present represent to them a person who understands the word of God, right. lives a virtuous life, and can impact them. On serious matters, someone they can go to with yeah. a serious matter. Okay, so the if frequency, be hundred percent of the that, time, right. they're not going to take and you seriously. And honestly, some some pastors, probably more youth pastors, do have that problem yeah. of not ever reining it in and being you know serious. Right. And and you do need to be able to speak with authority. Yeah. And the th- the other thing is there is a line in terms of how far you you go. Uh, you shouldn't, you shouldn't, it shouldn't be indecent. There shouldn't be any joking right. that's indecent or, or immodest or uh, certainly not immoral. Yeah. You know, nothing like that. It should only be the kinds of things you could do in front of your grandmother and she might, she might Chuckle. wince, but she's not going to yeah. be bothered. Okay.
1: Right. I, I think that's a very good, good rule. That's and, my and summation also think, and, yeah. off the top of my head. Right. And I think that I actually, what, what you say about not doing it all the time, I actually think it's more effective in human moments of pastors when they're. When it's when it's less often, yeah. You know? It's like because it catches you off guard. Yeah, and that's 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 a good thing for pastors to do yeah. is to let their hair down every now and then, especially the ones who are never known. for I let anything. it
0: completely down. <laughs> we, but the, 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 when I was pastoring, I'll never forget this. I was very concerned about all these things. Yeah. Now I joked around in the pulpit and stuff, but I was I, there were I I thought the lines were closer than they were, so I was yeah. really concerned. So I'll never forget our youth pastor had said. And I don't think I knew it, that he had said this until after he had said it, that if they got like, I don't know what it was, let's say 300 youth there for this particular event, then he would dye, He would cut his hair into a mohawk and dye it pink, mm-hmm. and, I, and, 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 and then do the announcements in church, because I had him often do the announcements in that state. And when I found out, I was horrified, because I thought the church would just blow up over that. Now they did it, and he did it, and I made sure that I was gone that day, speaking at another church when that when he spoke and did all that because I'm a coward. But you know what? It was fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. Uh, What was the other big topic that we wanted to talk to? Oh, speaking uh, speaking with with, other people. uh, Speaking with uh, a lot of people make a stink that. few years ago, somebody wrote an article about Nabil Qureshi because he spoke at an event where there was these other speakers. And then it seems like very often we also see uh, more and more these uh, hater blogs say, if you speak with that person, or if you speak with that person because that person also speaks with some other person even, you know, Uh, you're now a bridge too far You're now to be shunned You're, That's horrible You're evil Wicked Now you speak at a lot of things I've never
0: spoken with anyone That I think the Hater Blogs Would give me trouble over Right But, but I would And here's the thing here's Yeah, my, that's what I was going to ask it, If
1: you had an opportunity To speak in front of 10,000 people Yeah,
0: and there's going to be A Catholic, yeah. an atheist And a Mormon speaking as well
1: uh, Or or a prosperity gospel person Okay, yeah. now
0: here's the thing I would speak there With two caveats And this is where I may agree A little bit with the Hater Blogs I would speak there with two caveats. Uh, one, if, the, if anyone on that stage says, as though they're representing that event, that the people who are speaking here, um, these people that are speaking here, are all united on this greatest thing or whatever, then I'm going to need to be allowed to say, um, we're not united in these senses and lay them out. Yeah. If, if someone speaks as though we're speaking with a unified voice, like it's some kind of just ecumenical, even though we all disagree, we all agree, and even though there's contradictions, it doesn't matter. No, no, no. I'm going to point that out. And right. if they want to throw me out, well, I get thrown out then because I'm, I'm going to want to say that. And I would tell right. them that up front. And, um, and, um, uh, and I don't remember what this other thing that I was going to say was. But here's the thing about that. If I got to speak, Ray Comfort was asked to speak at, the, at some kind of atheist event, and he went and did it. Yeah. And they didn't tell him, like, he couldn't say certain things, just come, we're going to let you come talk at our event. And he did, and then he left. And, you know, okay. If someone invited, if an atheist group invited me to come speak, I'm going to come speak. How often does the world say, come preach to us, please? You know? <laughs> right. Now, the, what would be a good important question is, if a group asks you to speak, and you know that you fundamentally have an issue with what they believe. Should you then take their money if they want to pay you an, uh, an honorarium? I, I don't know that I would take their money. Really? Yeah, I might not take their money just because I would want people to know I'm not I'm not for it's not I'm not doing this for the money. And here's me proving it to you. Yeah. Whereas if a Christian brother gives me money when I come to his church. I don't require it, but I'm going to take it. You know, <laughs> that's, that's fine. We, we understand where each other are. But that mm-hmm. I think that's an important thing. Um, as long as there's no assumption that, that you're,
1: w- yeah, I stand with the Mormon on right. Jesus. Or right, right. Yeah. And
0: as long as I'm free to say what I want and they don't get to put guardrails on it. Right. But that's why people like Was me that don't normally, that maybe. But, but maybe that's why I don't get asked to speak with Mormons and Catholics and stuff. Yeah. Very so often.
1: was that the second caveat that you forgot that they don't? put... The I don't know, but it's a name? good one. Add so, it to the list. So but here's here's the I thing. I wanted to make sure you should have. Said, you were supposed to say yes, so that it looked like you remember what I'm were trying to. I'm say. being honest about. It. But here's <laughs> the thing: if <laughs>
0: okay. if I now I have to, I've done something like this. I
1: think those are two good caveats, though. Yeah. One, no guardrails yeah. on what I say, and two: if somebody acts like I'm, I, I stand with. That uh, no, I'm, I'm going to throw that under the bus. Sure,
0: and uh, you know that doesn't mean that I'm going to necessarily try to be a jerk. Okay, right. every pastor who's been in a small town, it has been asked to speak at the National Day of Prayer on the square. You know, go down here to the square, and we're all going to pray, and we're going to do the whole thing. I've done that. I know other people have done that. Okay, w- when you do that, you're there with all those people. Mm-hmm. The Mormon guy's there. The Catholic guy's there. The, the, they're all there. And you know what? Uh, you 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 do not—you you get you know why you're there, and so you get up to do your thing. You don't take that as an opportunity to have a bully pulpit to talk about this heretic who's going to pray after I get done praying. His prayer doesn't even count. Mine's the one that counts. Don't listen to him. In fact, after I get done, y'all need to go over there to Aunt Sassy's Diner and go have some whatever. <laughs> you know, that don't listen to this Catholic guy or this Mormon guy or whatever. You know— you don't be a jerk, but, yeah, I should be able to speak my mind. And if we're – let's say, well, what's the nature of this event? What's the nature of this – To what was the nature of the Nabeel Qureshi event? Do you know?
1: Uh, I don't remember. It's on the
0: mall at D.C. or something, yeah. and the whole point – let's say the whole point was we're worried about morality in America. Yeah. And we've got a Catholic, a Mormon, and, and, a, and a me, okay, mm-hmm. up there. I should be able to talk about, in that discussion of morality in America, how you need to, uh, number one, to have a grounding a basis for morality, you need to believe in the one true God, who is the God of classical Christian theism. Mm -hmm. I should be able to say that, and if the Mormon doesn't like that, because I said classical Christian theism, and if the imam or whatever doesn't like that, or if the Catholic guy thought it was a little too outspoken, sorry, you asked me to come speak, and this is what I do. Right. So don't try to be a jerk, but we're not going to compromise so, our message. but
1: okay, within evangelicalism though, uh, just kind of a you and uh, um, Kenneth Copeland and Creflo Dollar are all going to be. Y'all are the you're the, the the headliners. Do you do you put your? You no,
0: I probably wouldn't do that. You wouldn't do that. Now, if it's overwhelmingly a particular kind of prosperity teacher, for example, yeah. and then me. <laughs> well, what is that? Well, that absolutely makes you look like you're in with that hurts your reputation, I think. But if it's just here's five different kinds of religious people, yeah. and I'm one of them,
1: so that's you, a different so category. Within, so if these, pe- so if it's you and and mostly uh, charismatic prosperity preachers, you, you don't do that. Let's either. see, it's
0: me, Rick Warren, um, Creflo Dollar, uh, Al Mohler, and Todd Bentley. Okay, I don't know who that is, but fine. Okay, though that's your spread. Those people are different enough that I'm a different I'm I'm one of several different voices.
1: But if it's Benny Hinn, Kenneth Copeland, Creflo Dollar and Braxton, yeah. it's like Or just
0: like if it was three Mormons and me.
1: You don't yeah. You know? You don't do that. Well, but that's an apologetic. Well,
0: opinion. that might be different. Yeah, because but whole... if it's
1: three heretics and you.
0: If it's, well, the problem with the, there's something about the way you stated that one. Hmm. Because prosperity preachers, is that what we're saying they are? Prosperity yeah. preachers are close enough, in ter- they're in the evangelical world, that someone might mistake me. That now they won't if they listen to anything I ever say, right? But they might if they just heard I was at that conference. So
1: you say no to that conference, okay? Yeah,
0: which may reveal that this is a case by case. But if Leighton
1: Flowers said yes to that conference, do you disassociate yourself from no, absolutely
0: not? But I would tell Leighton, I don't think you ought to do that. But hey, okay,
1: so so if you have a chance to speak truth into a diverse audience, you take it. If you're going to be the one truth guy and a bunch of people saying, if you sow me a seed, you'll get a billion dollars.
0: Unless, and you brought out a good point, though, unless the difference is stark enough that it's obvious. So, for example, not to Charismatics, uh, or not not to Charismatics, not to uh, Prosperity-type guys and me, Mm -hmm. but to Atheists and me, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Because it's obvious. The difference is obvious right. to anyone. If someone heard that the conference was Richard Dawkins, um, um, Dan Barker, and Braxton Hunter, nobody's thinking, oh, Braxton Hunter's an atheist now. <laughs> no, they're thinking, wow, Braxton got a great opportunity to yeah, speak some right. truth to these guys. So, yeah.
1: you know, you can't, but you would never say, Leighton, I don't think you should do this, and since you're going to do it, we, I, I'm throwing you into the bus on Trinity Radio. It's, no. No.
0: No. Well, no. Well, I'd want to know what his reasons are, but no. If he if he's going to do it, I know enough about Leighton to know that if he was going to do it, he has an answer. He has a reason. His reason is probably the reason I would give for the atheist thing. He would just feel that way perhaps about prosperity people. I'm going to get an opportunity to speak to people who admire them, and maybe I can change some hearts and minds. Yeah. Okay. But I do think I would feel a compulsion I would have to be free to speak my mind at one of these events. Yeah. What about you? You agree with me? I do. Okay. Uh, That was easy.
1: Yeah. If I'm, if if it's me on a poster with Kenneth Koblen, Criffel Dollar, and Benny Hinn, yeah, I'm not going to do that because. And number one, we we there's a. uh, I I don't. (coughs) I don't think that they're going to allow me to say what I would say because Mm -hmm. my instinct is to. i'm going to throw every one of my guests under the bus and say you all need to repent right Uh, but number two even when the guys have gone in and do that kind of thing they 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 delete your video whenever they post all the videos and stuff i mean even even um uh one time people you don't associate with that but um there was matt chandler spoke at an event uh i can't remember the name of it uh code red or red something i have no idea Anyway, it was some, some sort of event that it was him and then uh, even T.D. Jakes was there and other people were there, and he went and did it, and then they screened out his, his thing. so. Hmm. Uh, they have a history of, of if you go. They'll in cut there, you, you, you out say if you do say, thing, say it, so it yeah, won't
0: do any good yeah, except for the right. people that were there. So all right, well, um, so there's our thoughts, brief thoughts on big issues. Uh, maybe that was interesting. Maybe we got ourselves in trouble. Who knows? But uh, if you, if we end up imploding because of this episode, check out in the future. Soteriology 101 with Leighton Flowers, the Bible Down with uh, Matt uh, Chisholm and Billy Wendelin and The Narrow Path with Steve Gregg. Also, we have some more shows that are coming in the future to expand the Trinity Commission's reach. The Trinity Commission patron. is our yeah. podcast consortium of various podcasts. Yes, if you'd like to be a patron of the show, which means you give us uh, money financially to make it better all the time, here is where you can click. Um, on the screen and if you're listening only by audio you can go to patreon.com slash trinity radio patreon.com slash trinity radio and we'll see you next time stay tuned for the last word this is the last word
1: walls and morality there's been a lot of talk in the news since the 2016 presidential election about building a wall on the border Recently, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi has brought morality into the issue. Is it immoral to build a wall to protect your border? This is not political anymore. It is now a moral question, and the answer to that is no. If you would like more content, click here and keep watching Bible Studies click up here. And finally, we want you to subscribe. We need more subscribers, so click here.